Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. And I'm Nick. What's up, buddy? Oh my god, we've been doing this for a while. Whew. <laughs> like a while isn't today or is a while in like the year's been a long year? Uh, a little help. column A, a little column B. Uh, but we did record one podcast uh, before this and I really appreciate your help on that and I just wanted to give you a little shout out. Oh, thank you so much. It was delightful to actually get on a show and uh, just talk shop a little bit and throw out yeah. some dream theories out there. Yeah, we, we threw out some uh, Star Wars and Marvel dream theories, and we, we went back and forth for a while. It was fun as hell, man. I had a really good time with that. So if you guys are a fan of Star Wars, um, and you kind of like us, and you want to mm. like totally yep. support us a little bit, yep. check out Marshall's other podcast, um, which I guess host here and there on um, when he needs it, but it's The Usual Podcast. And they talk shop on everything geek culture and pop culture, in my opinion. Actually, yeah. And we try to du- we try to touch on everything. Um, and, uh, you know, Star Wars The Old Republic was kind of how we started with Star Wars and pop culture sprinkled without, uh, throughout. And now at this point, it's more pop culture than anything. And uh, we had a really nice conversation, man. And that'll be episode 159 of The Usual Podcast uh, when it comes out probably before you hear this. Uh, before the end of the month of August. So, anyway, if you want to check out another podcast, you want to hear our lovely voices again, definitely do that. So, my <sighs> friend, holy crap, I'm freaking out. That's the name of this episode is I'm freaking out. Can you there, tell there's me? There's a lot to freak out right, right about now. Um, so, uh, one of the things we've been talking about at the top of the show lately is um, submission, submissions and submitting. Um, do you have good news on that front? <clears throat> Not for myself. Um, you got paid recently. I did. I thought I announced that already. Mm-hmm. But I did officially have my first check as a writer. Um, I'm, I'm. You guys. Are, I don't know. I just smile like an idiot for me to hear when I think about it. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Holy shit, I did a thing that did a thing that got me a thing. Yeah, um, it's all about the things. You know, and oh, I don't know when that publication is going to come out where, you know, unfortunately the editor, the main editor and owner of, I believe he's the owner of Apex Magazine is still having some health issues. So we're just waiting on that to get, you know, once he's well enough to help with the completion of the editorial and stuff like that you know, when those submissions are out. Fingers crossed, I can get a copy before we go on the cruise so I can show everyone that I'm kind of cool. You are cool, dude. You are cool. Yeah, you know, kind of chubby. I rock <laughs> it, though. <laughs> I was hoping to show people that I was cool, uh, but the FIA submissions came out and I did not get in, which is okay. Mm. I, in turn, started a rejection letter binder, which we were talking about earlier, which I think is important. Yes. To acknowledge yes. Um, the fact that um, although I did not get it, I, what I do appreciate about FIA is that they gave me some nice feedback. They gave I me. Was, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Because you shared that with me. Right. And that was, so, you know, shout out to Troy Wiggins with FIA Magazine. Um, shit, dude, that guy gave you some of the best feedback and in-depth great. feedback for a magazine publication. Uh 
at least from what I've seen. So, you know, we talk about submissions, getting submitted, getting the rejection letter and stuff like that. Sometimes you don't hear anything, you know, and sometimes when something was good, but it wasn't a good fit, you'll get that type of feedback. And yeah. I think that's what you got personally. Yeah. And I, and I, and I agree. And, and it was good. It was, it was feedback that I can work with. And if I, I feel like if I, if I made what they said work, I could go forward and submit it somewhere else. So it's, it's a matter of tweaking that story and figuring things out. And we've been talking about this story back and forth, you and I, for a while. And um, yeah. it's something. And it, and it is based off of my bigger work in progress that I've been working on anyway. And um, and I, I think it's going to be fine. Um, I was, of course, bummed when it happened. But also, I mean, come on. I'm not the only person to try to submit to something. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, you you You... You take for, take it for what it is, and you grow from it, and and it's all good. And um, I didn't want to start this episode on a down note, but also I got to acknowledge the fact that you know we're doing the same thing you guys are doing. We're submitting things, um, we're collecting rejection letters as well. And I think I think it's important. I think it's important in the um, in the writing process to acknowledge those things for sure. So, um, oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we you and I talked about this earlier too, and this actually came up during work for me mm-hmm. today. Every morning we do a team meeting uh, uh, amongst us, like, 20 people. And today we didn't have a training lesson or anything to go over. And it was just share your favorite quote and why. And I love those days because you get to hear what people think about when they're not actually at work. Right. And it's great. One of the things I heard was uh, they said it might have been a Chinese proverb. So please don't quote me on this if this is not it. But um, fall seven times, get up eight. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, I like that. Um, one of my favorite quotes is actually from the first Batman film. Why did we fall, Bruce? To yeah, get back up. To get back up. I love you know, that. Yeah. Um, there was quotes around success is not the polar of failure. Or failure is not the polar of success, but they are coincided. Yeah. You cannot have success without failure at some point where if you look at it on a roadmap, everyone looks at Success is a straight, uh, freaking Death Valley road, but in reality, is your failures is what's going to get you there. Well, absolutely, and 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 I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I've I've done a lot of things in my life. I've had a lot of different jobs. I've had a lot of successes and a lot of failures, and and I feel like I'm a better person at age forty for all the things that I've gone through and dealt with. And I feel like I can turn to my kids. Um, and turn to anybody and my students and help them through things in that I have a frame of reference for things. And what I like, what I tell my students sometimes, I say, look, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of giving advice like, oh, you should do this. But when they tell me something that happened to them, I said, hey, you know what? This happened to me once. And I tell them a story. And mm-hmm. it's a matter of sharing a failure I had with them rather than say, well, next time do this, because how helpful is that? But also, but seeing someone right. you look up to and seeing someone that um, you admire or are looking to for help, looking at that person and being like, you know what? They've been through something too, so I might be able to get through this. You know, I think that's important. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, thinking about what you're just saying and you know, helping other people out that are like down and you've been through experience like that, like kind of reflecting back, like I, a few, probably a decade back now, like 
I gave up on giving advice. Like, so if people come to me with problems, I will not give you an advice of what you I think you should do. I would give you advice on what I would do in this situation. Mm. And then it's also one of those two, like, I'd rather you figure it out. So let me ask you, like, well, what are your options? What can right. you do about it? How do you feel about it? How is that right. feeling going to control your next five steps? Now, if yeah. you weren't feeling this way, what would you do? Like, and I think when it comes to writing and submissions, you know, bring it full circle here for us. Okay, Marshall, like, how did that make you feel being denied? How did that impact your writing for the week? And what did you do to learn from that, you know? And I think those are important questions that we can actually just ask ourselves when we get a denial letter to know that, like, hey, like, okay, maybe this wasn't right to fit. Or maybe my writing was shit. And I didn't, you know, I did not put my best force forward on that piece when I submitted it, right? Right. Obviously not saying this is what you did, but... I think, you know, it's no, always self-analyzing. These are things that are going to go through people's heads, for sure. Yeah. And don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't turn around and just be like, oh, I suck. I'm deleting everything. Yeah, for heaven's sake. Please don't do that. Don't delete Bill anything. Campbell. <laughs> Bill, Bill Campbell did that with uh, Ros- Rosario Publishing. And, yeah, he decided not to be a writer at a young age. And then all of a sudden, like 30 years later, he's running, running his own publishing company. Right. You know, um, so regrets that way, but yeah, and 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 really, what I what I have learned from this is that I wish that um, I almost wish I was organized enough and had the foresight and the time enough to seek out all the things I can submit to, so that I had a constant stream of denials coming, meaning that I wasn't banking on one thing. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah. Oh shoot! How cool would it be if I was submitted to this, or you know, if I got accepted in this? So I'm gonna work on this really hard, and then I got this, and then I wait. You know what I mean? Like I, I, and granted, I have been doing this. I have a couple, actually three or four that, and we'll talk about a couple of them here in a bit. Um, three or four that I have on the horizon that I'm gonna submit to. Not to mention, which we need to talk about here in a minute, is our wxr breakout sessions and and other things (laughs) that we have coming up but um but it's okay um and i feel like if i keep doing this thing eventually something will fall or i'll tweak this story just enough for this publication to make it work for this one rather than this one right um and i'm gonna submit to fire again I, i like that magazine i like what they're doing and and i have other stories in my head and i've been brainstorming a lot and and I feel like I'm on a I'm on a roll of, of sorts um, in just producing words, you know what I mean? So let's you know let's kind of see what happens. I need to write some. I, although I did, I realize I need to write some shorter stuff. <laughs> I have so, to write shorter stuff. Oh God, dude! It's a totally different technique, right? Yeah, like, it is. It is. And I think that was a learning curve for me too when I first wrote my couple. It was like it feels like a novel, but it's rushed, like. Right. Oh, shit, that's not a short story. Like, you can tell that same short story with fewer words and different words, and then you can expand it. But right. I'm I'm personally still working on that too. And you can talk to Barbara Lund, who's a good friend of ours, um, who actually critiques a lot of my work. Um, you know, the progress I've had from the first time I wrote it, sat down with her for three hours, mm-hmm. and then the second time I wrote something, and just the difference in that alone. Right. Um, you know. And what I'm hearing out of this, Marshall, though, 
is even though that you got denied, you just kept writing. I just kept writing. We did it. Ah! We did it. <laughs> you know, you know, on that, that's kind of the point of our, our show is that we want to be point, a, dude. 100% a community for you guys and keep pushing you through. And if you guys are, if you're having a bad day, if you got a denial later, they're just punched you in the gut and kicked you in the throat at the same time. Like, yo, we get it. Like, we're not going to tell you, well, you should just write about it. Like, that's right. not always helpful, but long term. Just keep writing. Exactly. And bringing, uh, let's, let's keep that going and talk about writing under pressure. <laughs> and <laughs> let's, so back to the episode title. I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm freaking out. And, and here's why I'm freaking out. Okay. So we have the writing excuses cruise coming up. Um, and I'm looking at my other screen 20 days. Okay. <sighs> Not soon enough. 20 days, less than 20 days, I'll be no. traveling to Texas. Right. Okay. Right. We have two days on land before that. So, really, I'll be traveling in, what, 16, 17 days, something like that. Okay. Uh, we start traveling in 16 days, exactly. S- 16 days, exactly. Thank you for your math. So, here's here's the problem. Okay. So, one of the things, one of the features, yeah. Let's do it that way. One of the features of the WXR cruise is that you can apply for a breakout session. And these take a myriad of options, whether novel critique, short story critique, um, all kinds of different sessions, one-on-ones, right? Um, I figured last year I wussed out, and I decided this year I wouldn't wuss out. Since I have 42,000 words roughly on my work in progress, and I would go jump head over heels and be like, all right, I'm ready. And I'll do a novel critique. And I got my first choice. Good for me. So I got my first choice as of today. My first choice is a novel critique for my first 3,500 to 7,000 words with one Mr. Dan Wells. And I love Dan. Dan is awesome, nice, awesome dude. Um, I read... I finished his Partials trilogy over the summer. Um, really, which one? Great writer. The Partials uh, trilogy, the uh, one that he wrote about the um, not really cyborgs. I guess kind of cyborgs, like people who artificially created people as opposed to real people, and and it's 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 a really cool series. Oh no, that's the one he talks about a lot. Okay. Yeah, the Partials. I know which one. Partials. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. So that said, um, it was really cool. I finished that over the summer while I was on vacation and, and I've read all three of his books and it's cool. So that said, um, I looked back at my, <laughs> I was like, okay, so I feel like I should do my work in progress, which is, you know, like I said, about 42,000 words. And I'm looking at the first 3,500. I was like, oh no. I was like, I, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. So. I have some work to do, but unfortunately, I have until September 1st. So, o- almost by the time you hear this, you I will be in a state of Short, finishing shortly this. Shortly after you hear this, <laughs> you'll realize, oh shit, that deadline was a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, I would probably already be done by now by the time you hear this. But the point is, is that sometimes you have to write under pressure and sometimes you have to meet a deadline. I was talking to my students today. Um, one of my my digital media um, advanced digital media class right now is working with other people in the community and other sections of, of my um, school. 
and promoting things and working on, you know, um, flyers and marketing and stuff. And we hit up against a deadline this week and it wasn't right what we produced. And it's like, okay, so how do we make this happen right now? You know, and that was the conversation we had. So how do I make this happen right now when I'm working three of the next five days and it's a holiday weekend and September 1st is when I have to submit this thing? (sighs) I, I will find the time. And I'll make it happen. And I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Um, how, how many people can I email on the day before and be like, read this and tell me what I need to change? We'll see. So, Can you get it to me by Saturday? I will try to get to you by Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to try to work on this. Like Literally Thursday night. Thursday night, dude. Like We're recording this on a Tuesday. This is Tuesday, August 27th. Timestamp. Woo! And it's late. It's almost 10 o'clock my time. It's 11 o'clock. Oh, it is 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's 10, 11 o'clock. Um, we're going to be done with this show soon. But Thursday night is my night to revise this madness. And I'm going to send it to you. And then I'm going to work the next two nights. And then you're going to tell me what happened. And then Sunday morning, I'm going to work on this because I am not playing golf Sunday. My kids have a kid's party. My kids have a kid's party. My kids have a birthday party to go to. So I'm not playing golf. I'm going to try to play Monday. <laughs> so I'm going to get up in the morning and, and bust this out. And that's and that's my time frame. So I know. love it. Um, definitely not my time frame. Because. Crunch time. So I did. I did so I did the novel critique with Dan Wells last year. Um, so huge shout out to Dan. He's actually a local to Utah too. Um, you know, probably about a 30 minute drive from where I'm at. But Dan's awesome um if you've ever wanted to be a genuinely nice person who will take an interest in whatever you're doing and still be genuine about it like and not fluff you daniels is that guy like i I couldn't i can't speak volumes enough about how well he worked with the critique group everyone's submissions like it was very it was more than just professional it was like i've known dan forever and it's like, only up to that point, I only had only heard his voice on a podcast. So Dan's awesome. I'm really, really excited for you on that one. Um, I will actually have one-on-one time with Kathy Chung this year, Woo! which you already know is not my first choice. <laughs> there was there was a selection for student-led critique groups, and this and is not. A, and to be fair, because. Kathy's amazing. She's one of my favorite people from last year that we got to sit down and talk to. She's phenomenal. It wasn't that she wasn't your first choice for a one-on-one. It's just she was not your first choice of what you wanted to do for the breakout sessions. Yeah. So for the breakout sessions, I wanted the experience of leading a critique group. You know, that's what I really wanted. I don't know if that's even happening this year for anyone. If there's enough, if there was enough interest in us in a student critique group, it'd be I'm interesting to find that. out. I'm fine with that because Kathy Chung, um, God, so, she's she's, so cool. she's from Canada. Yeah. She runs Siri International, um, so she's got the experience that she needs as a writer, and she also has experience of organization and running events that are very successful, like. When her registration opens up for the conference, it's gone in twenty in less than like twenty days. Right, uh, and, and we know. sat with her last year for quite a while. Um, <sighs> so uh, often, I, I'd say at least an hour or so. 
Um, and there were a few of us, but we just sat and, and picked her brain about writing and about all kinds of stuff. And she's just one of those people you, you could literally, and, and that's not even, in, not even counting Barkon. Cause I talked to her a bunch at Barkon, oh, but just Barkon in, great. in the, what was it? It's a rotating session or something they did last year where you rotate from instructor and instructor and, and have a conversations with. I sat with her for quite a while. Maybe you weren't there. You might no, not have been there. I was not there for that one. Yeah. I sat there for a while with her, and um, there were a few of us just sitting around and just chatting with her, and she is amazing. I lied. I was there. You were there. I thought you were there. Yes. Yeah, you were there. I was. I don't think we actually sat at the same table ever. Okay. Well, anyway. Point is, um, there's a lot of opportunities at a retreat like this, and the reason we're having this conversation tonight is to bring to light like the amount of opportunities you have to talk to instructors, but also kind of figure out where you want to go with your work and who you want to see your work and what you want to get out of someone seeing your work. You know what I mean? And, and for me, I, I, I really, really like this work in progress that I'm working on. I'm not stoked with the beginning of it. And so I'm torn with where I want to go with it, but I have like a day or two. I'll figure it out. Oh, for sure. Time crunch. Um, that's <laughs> just saying a little bit. Yeah. So speaking of time crunch, I thought about this earlier, and then you distracted me, and now it's back in my head. I'm sorry. Um, the Broken Earth series by N.K. Jameson. Yeah. Gosh, I'm hoping I'm saying her name right. Um, good series. We're both we've both done book one on Audible. Um, man, I can't even. She, I can't remember if she wrote it or she shared a tweet about it. And it was about the restrictions writers ha- writers have on themselves due to time because of the regular job, and you know the response to that type of comment was, if you weren't placed into a strict funnel that to make every time count that you're writing, your net's too big and you're gonna submit crap. Like that is very very summarized, but it's going to the theory of like, dude, without pressure, without having these time hacks, and like. You ha- you can only cast a very small net, right. but when you're casting that net, like it's quality over quantity at that point. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can find that tweet and give a shout out to it. Um, and you know, whatever, NK Jemison, shout out to you. Love your book. Love everything that's happening from that series. Um, in case no one has noticed yet, but they're, they are getting a TV show for that and also an RPG tabletop game. Um, which yeah. submissions are open to be a writer for that. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome. I'm, I, uh, yeah, I, I, there's so many opportunities out there right now as far as that kind of stuff goes. So I'm really glad that there are avenues for a good IP, whether and it doesn't always have to be the next Marvel because what can be that? But at the same time, you write an awesome story Marvel. and if it can spawn an RPG or spawn, a um and even a youtube or a netflix series or something like that like that's amazing and that's super yeah. important um and or comics or whatever that might be uh and that's why we write and that's why we do what we do um and that's why we just keep writing boom write it back ah uh, full right, circle <laughs> so what else what else do we want to talk about this week man um we have Oh, Whoa. I do have something. Go ahead. Oh, you do? I, I have I was, something. 
There. Speaking of submissions, there's some stuff coming up. Um, Ooh, you want to update us on the submission tracker? Yeah. So we should couple, make one. There's a couple things that I have set aside that I wanted to bring up. So, um, I submitted to Fire Magazine, and that was um, people looking. Uh, that was a publication looking for black uh, speculative fiction. There's another one that popped up on my radar. Um, and it is Dominion. It's an anthology of speculative fiction from Africa and the African Dysporia. Um, and that just popped up recently. I'll put a link in the show notes to that if, if that fits your interest. Um, I think it's really interesting that these things are popping up. Um, there's a call for submissions for that. And all the, all of the pertinent information is, is, is in there. And, um, and that's something that's on my radar. And also, um, someone that is near and dear to our hearts, um, mm. Fireside Fiction, is open Oof. for submissions right now. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be closed. Um, but they open their submissions only for a few days. Right now, they're open from August 26th to the 30th. And um, that is edited by Kate uh, Dollarhide. The next submission window is for what? the autumn of Real 2020. Quick. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask you, what... What issue is that for? That, uh, so, sorry. Submissions for the summer of 2020 issue of Fireside Quarterly, edited by Kate Dollarhide, is open from August 26, 2019 to August 30th. Okay. Submissions for the autumn 2020 issue of Fireside Quarterly, edited by Maurice Broadus. I wonder, Ooh, if, I wonder where you heard that name from before. <laughs> Um, is open from December 2nd to December 6th. And so I was talking earlier about uh, what is on my radar for things I want to submit to, and that is definitely one of them. Yes. Um, Fireside Quarterly, I didn't know this. They're straight up, like, things are a year out. Like, oh, yeah. You know, which is awesome. I love hearing that. I do have one of the, I do have one of their editions. I'm not sure which one it is, um, but I got it out of a, a book draw. Not, not mad. I don't know. I just, Novel Wolf is actually the winter 2020. Oh, okay. um, and she's an editor. Oh, excuse me. Yes, she is an editor. And I can't remember the name of the company that she's with, and I'm terrible. I apologize, Nava. Please don't kill me when you see me next. Um, It'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'll I'll post her bio if we need to. But yeah, you guys will have a link to her. But yeah, she did the guest edit on the Winter 2020 with another person from the same company. Um, you know, submissions are already closed, and they right. just announced the 2020 lineup like two weeks ago. Yeah. And Maurice, you know, and, and, you know, Maurice came out and said, "Oh, shoot, I'm doing this thing," um, and I was super stoked about it. But yeah, these things don't happen quickly, you know. No, not not at all. I mean, I mean we've talked about it before. Like anything that's published now was picked up two years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, so if you're you're in it for get rich fast, you you gonna lose, son. <laughs> it's not. That's not a thing. Um, all right, man. So what else do we want to talk about this week? So. One, I want to talk about our episode last week a little bit, right? Okay. Bring it back. We kind of laid, oof, we laid a thick one on you guys. A very, very serious 
you know, topic of conversation that's going that needs to be talked about. It's a hard conversation to talk about, but what I love is everyone who reached out to us about it. So everyone who reached out to us, like, thank you for your feedback. Thank you for, you know, even if you disagreed with us or completely agree with us, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and just shout out to everyone on the Discord channel for keeping it very respectful and polite and courteous. Um, because I know there's varying opinions of things going on there. Um, so I just want to, you know, give a thank you that you guys took that very serious conversation in an episode of ours and kept it professional. Uh, and so I love that. Mucho gracias. Yeah. And thanks for that. It, w- it really was. I, mean, I was watching this whole thing progress on the discord and I'm like, Oh, well, how's this going? And our discord has never been that active before. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I was at work all day and I came home and saw all my notifications on my computer that I like 200 something. Yeah, it was crazy. All from ours. And so, you know, although there was a lot of feedback, um, it was never, and Nick's right, it was never like, you guys suck and and stop podcasting. It was more just like, okay, have you thought about this? Or yeah. what about this? Or, um, hey, I'm familiar with this aspect. What do you think about this? And I, I really appreciated that about all the feedback that came through. And, and yeah, it, the crux of what we were really trying to get across was that um, we are we're at a time in our writing careers where, you know, you feel compelled to write, um, inclusively. Right. Right. Um, but we're, we're trying to make sure that that is coming from a place of that is serving the story. And also at the same time, it's, it's not writing inclusively for inclusiveness sake. You know what I mean? And yeah, but it's also not excluding people because we don't know how to write them. We can figure out how to write people if we reach out and we figure these things out, but it also has to serve the world that we've created too. And so there was a lot of back and forth. Ultimately, I think that we are all kind of saying the same thing. Um, yep. but I like the fact that people reach out and saying, you know, I've tried to write this and this didn't work or, do I have to write this <laughs> because of what's going on in the world? And yeah, the the conversation may have started with Tolkien and, and all this stuff, but that really wasn't, that was more of a jumping off point than anything else. It was more yeah. of a conversation that Nick and myself have been having for months, for months and months and months about how do I do this thing respectively? And, or do I have to do this thing at all? You know what I mean? And Nick and I have been talking about this quite a bit and I think Nick is finally not finally, but is, is at the point where I've, I hope that you have a little more freedom in what you're writing in that you don't feel like you have to do X, Y, and Z, but also know that your world needs to include X, Y, and Z on some level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, I have more confidence in what I've already done. Exactly. Um, you know, and not to get in that conversation again. So, um, but kind of like this show, like, I don't know for runtime, if we're going to be long or what, but I kind of want to get back to the basics on a couple things with everyone. And, you know, just 
see where this conversation and this questioning goes, Mr. Marshall. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, kind of making a play off the other episode that we recorded tonight with the usual podcast, right? Yep. There is, you know, more or less a disagreement of where certain characters are taking a turning point. Okay. Right? So, with that being said, I'd like to present the question out to all of our listeners out there and to you to respond first, Marshall, and me to respond first, and then get feedback for next week. Yep. When it comes to writing the story you want to hear, but knowing that the mass majority of people wouldn't be okay with a certain storyline, maybe it's a trope, maybe it's overplayed, or maybe it's just, in your opinion, too predictable, how do you know where to take a character after a a massive decision? I.e., Kylo Ren and his redemption point, pass or fail, right? That's an example for you. I personally think, spoiler alert, Spoiler alert. Three, two, one. I think Han Solo is the one that triggered the lightsaber, thus not allowing Kylo to have the full option to kill him, which would have fully converted him to the dark side. Whereas Marshall. Well, okay. So I I think you're saying you're asking two different questions. One. Probably. You're you're presenting. And and I didn't say this in the usual, but but you're presenting a conspiratorial take on it i have never and i am can i just tell you i'm gonna say i'm a lifetime member of the star wars community okay never have i heard of anybody saying that han solo committed suicide now and i know you're gonna say that he didn't commit suicide but if you're saying he ignited the lightsaber that was in kylo ren's hands he is has a hand, sorry to use that phrase, turn of phrase, he has a hand in committing his own death, which, hate to tell you, is committing suicide. That is not a Han Solo, that is not a Han Solo thing. He would never, he would find he's the luckiest man in the galaxy, there's no scenario where he would not find a loophole unless he was okay with the result. Now, I don't think he pulled the trigger, but I think he gave Kylo the permission to terminate his life to complete whatever decision and journey that Kylo was going to commence upon. And so my argument is Kylo has made his decision. And once he makes that decision, he's fully committed to the dark side because that was his one final hurdle, right? His hurdle, Correct. his hurdle was how do I show the dark side? How do I get closer to Vader? Well, it is by killing the person. Think about it. Vader killed his mentor. He killed Obi-Wan. There is always a moment. And especially with the Sith, you have to kill your mentor. You have to kill your teacher really in order to take that place in that next step. Right. If so we're that, gonna go that route, I'm so gonna that say is Vader, Kylo's thing. Vader failed to kill to kill Obi Wan because Obi Wan Force Ghosted at the right time. He gave himself up. Right. And guess what? And he got redeemed. Vader. Yeah. Vader came back. Yeah, I see where this is going. Look, Han look. gave him the opportunity, and therefore 
Kylo yeah, Han gave him the opportunity. I think Kylo pulled the trigger, <laughs> pulled the trigger on it, on the opportunity. But regardless of that aspect of it, if we're talking about characterization, we're talking about characters, we're talking about growth, we're talking about decisions and logical storytelling. I think, I think Kylo has to make that decision right then. And characters we write have to make decisions that have repercussions, right? There's right. not, there's not always a moment later in the story. You don't always have, think about it. You, you don't always have nine books to deal with, right? You might have only one book to deal with. So once your character makes a decision, what happens at the end of that novel, right? That has to logically sync up with that decision that they made at some point towards the end to speak to that character and that growth that they made, whether that is, quote unquote, a light side or dark side, right? You see where I'm going with this? So, like, if, if, if you have a scope in your head, even, even if you have a scope in your head of 12 of 12 book series, you might not get a 12 book series. You have to have some huh, semblance. Sure. You have to have some semblance of closure and character progression and everything within that one book, just in case that's the only story you tell. For sure, totally agree. But you it's- guys heard it here first. Okay. There's a difference of viewpoints between that scene between myself and Marshall. <laughs> now let's you know bringing this back around to writing. I cannot wait to see what the Discord says about this. Go ahead. I know I'm already gonna get yelled at. I know. It. <laughs> <clears throat> I have so many other things I could say. We'll talk <laughs> offline. Um, with that being said, yeah, I view Kylo as still being redeemable. He didn't fully accomplish his mission, and you you know you agree up to the point of that was his. You know, his final plunge to the dark side. Yeah. And the difference is you feel he completed it and I feel he didn't. Mm. Obviously, we're not going to know until the next episode or we may never know. Um, So, the you know, the question surrounding that type of scenario is how do you outline that for your characters or for your readers? I know you want everyone wants to write the story or you should be writing the story you want to hear or read. But you got everyone who does this in the back of the mind. What is the reader gonna going to enjoy? Are you going to follow the hero's journey where it's so cut and dry that it's so predictable because that's right. what produces movies and shows? Or do you have another idea, such as my very off-the-wall quote-unquote dream theory about Kylo and still <laughs> being able to be redeemed, right? Um, bring this back around to Lord of the Rings, right? Everyone thinks Sam's the hero. Yeah. It's almost a fact at this point where I disagree. Right. Where Sam's actually not my favorite character in the book. My favorite character was Gimli. Yeah. Because throughout the entire series, Gimli stayed true to himself. Right. You know, he wasn't doing anything. I don't know. I just feel Gimli was the best character. I loved his little character arc. Because he over he and Legolas overcame racism, um, displayed in that world and stuff like that to achieve a further end. Obviously, Aragorn was terribly rendition in the movie compared to the books. But but if you if you think about it though, like you have you have a lot of things going on there when we come back yeah. to Lord of the Rings. You have this aspect of 
you have the characters that are set up to be your main characters. You've got your Aragorn, and you've got your Frodo, and you've got your Bilbo, or whatever, whatever it might be, right? Um, but I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, you you have to take into consideration like those side arcs were told really well, and they are engaging, right? And you're rooting mm-hmm. for them, but. When in the in the grand scheme of the world and the narrative that is being told, they are imperative that they are there, but they are not the end all be all, right? So you have to stay with those main characters. So if we're talking about main characters, if we're talking about the Rays and the Kylos and the Vaders and the Palpatines and the Skywalkers, I mean, if we're coming back to that, I mean, these are the characters that everybody is watching, right? Han Solo even, although one of the big three, especially in the beginning, in the first movie, he's just kind of a catalyst for them to get from point A to point B, and ultimately ends up being more later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the story is about, and, and they say it, I mean, this is, a, this is the Skywalker saga, right? So what role does do Rey and Kylo play in the Skywalker saga? It makes a lot of sense that Kylo plays a Skywalker because he's born from a Skywalker. Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we don't know what Rey's role is, right? And so until we figure that out, that's a different story. But if we want to go- stay with Lord of the Rings, I love the Gimli story and the Legolas story, and I love those stories, but really what it comes down to is who's carrying the ring, right? Um, who is who is the bulk of the narrative following right and is that the most engaging part of your storytelling you know and i think that's and what story are you telling within that are you trying to tell a story where you know the little guy gets over on the big guy or are you trying to tell i mean there's all kinds of tropes or whatever you want to throw in there but i i, I don't know man i i worry going back to this lord of the rings thing because of what happened with the discord uh the last <laughs> time but um I don't know. I think I think you're right. I, I honestly think you're right. There are more engaging stories being told on the side. My favorite character from the original series, which I've never said this ever, probably, is Han Solo. I love Han Solo. I love the antihero. I love the fact that he doesn't give a shit. And he's like, dude, why are you even on my ship? You know what I mean? And the fact that and now <laughs> and now that you're here, I have to deal with you. You're just a stupid kid. But then there's an arc there, right? And there's the story of his ship. There's a story of how he came upon it. There's so much more that comes out later um, right? from this side character. I mean, we could, you know, in the world of content creation, we could have a Gimli side story where he's doing dwarf adventures and blah, 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 blah. And, and I want to know get- what happened. We all want to know. Saying. We all want to know what happened, right? Let's write it. Um, and for me, Legolas was one of my favorites. One, he was badass. Two, he was an elf. Plus, I love Orlando Bloom. Oh my god, he was. He How was could a, you not? He was amazing, dude. And yeah. Um, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I. I. I can't imagine I answered your question. I was about to say. I don't think we actually answered the question because I don't have an answer. What's the I question? I do not have an so the you know the question is, is there's a turning point in a character yeah and you kind of leave it open ended uh, right yeah. did it actually affect someone or did it not mm-hmm. but there's mm-hmm. also this the gray area in between the black and white lines 
So, you know, my question is, is you as a writer, how do you go about influencing your reader and getting them to lean and think in the direction that you want them with that character development? Or opposite, if you want them to believe one thing and then stun them with something else, how do you get them from point 1A to the eventual point B where they completely turn around and like become the bad guy or become the good guy? I think I have an answer. I don't know if it's the answer. I think it's the characters they write. I think this is the characters you write. Okay. Your your reader, your reader, ultimately, although they are following the plot and the story you've you've laid out in the world that you've created, um, they are most invested in the character that you've written, right? So, 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 so how you've written the character is how they're going to interpret the world and, and perspective and everything else. But if you want them, this isn't really a manipulative thing. You're trying to tell a story. But no, it, it's totally manipulative, but I agree with it in this case. Right, but what I'm saying is, if you want them to lean away, write the, write the character in that way, but if you want to twist them, twist them. But at the same time, I honestly think, if the characters are well-imagined and well-written, we'll follow that character and stay with that character, and then when they discover something... And about themselves or the world around them, they will be like, holy shit, what? And then we'll do that along with them. Does that make sense? How do you get to that point, though? You gotta write good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys, you guys have the question. I don't have an answer. Marshall has an answer. Uh, you know, Also it, bad grammar <laughs> as an English teacher. You gotta write good. Write True. good. Write, write it? You know what? You know what I always tell my students when they say, I can't do this good. I said, well, um, you mean, well, Superman does good. And that's one of my favorite uh, quips back to him. Superman does good. You write well. So I anyway. love it. Uh, um, yeah. You guys, I don't, have, I don't have an answer on this one because I you know, it, it all depends on character arc, I guess. But well, I don't. I I like to leave things where it's like, well, is he gonna go crazy? Is he not? This is also being influenced by the movie um, Ready or Not, mm. where there was this their character arc of leading, 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 bad influence, bad influence, bad resistance, resistance, and boom, one eighty, and you're like, what the hell? Right? Yeah. Go watch the movie. Terrible movie, but go watch it. It's actually pretty good with some points of it. I just. I don't know. Yeah. But terrible movies are good. You can still learn from it. It's like <laughs> failures. You still learn from failures. Exactly. We brought it full circle. Um, so, honestly, guys, what it comes down to is uh, take, what we've, take what we've said tonight, throw your answers in the Discord, and we'll come back and try to chat about it next week. And, honestly, we've been podcasting now for, like, two and a half hours. Three. And close. <laughs> <laughs> we may pass on, on by the end of this. If we don't put a show out in the next couple of weeks and you don't hear about us being on a cruise boat, we didn't make it. We It's called False. Podcast Fatigue. <laughs> False. Because we plan on recording oh, we're gonna, next we, week. We got all kinds of stuff. I'd like to, I don't know, just so you guys are aware, we will be gone for 10 days starting yes. September 12th. We will, we will have hopefully have an episode out. The week we leave, 
So while we're on a boat, you guys get a new episode, and that gives us a week to record, gather our thoughts, and bring stuff back. And then the following week, two weeks after we get back, you guys will have a new episode. Absolutely. So that's the plan. You guys, I have crazy Star Wars opinions. I'm aware. You don't have to yacht me. I get so, it. So this I'm is, an oddball. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna say this. This is our first crossover episode. So if you yeah, want to hear his you want to hear a, a more um in-depth, in-depth version of his crazy Star Wars theories, tune in to episode 159 of the usual podcast, wherever you find your podcast. Uh he's guesting on that episode, and it's great. Like well, there'll be time It's a dream the show notes. theory to me. Uh honestly, I haven't edited it yet, but I love it. I love everything about it. Uh skip past the very beginning of the show, jump into where we get into Star Wars Madness, and you'll love it. And uh and listen. It's all about dream theories. Dream you know? theories. It's called dream, my dream theories. My dream theory is Boy, there were a lot of theories. Uh, there is a <laughs> lot of theories, especially with Star Wars. I was trying to relate relate one to Lord of the Rings, but there's oh, book ending and then there's movie ending and they're not the same. Nah, it's fine. We'll let, you know, we'll, maybe we'll somewhere Legless meets a dwarf wife that he wants to take or man, I don't know. So here's what we're going to do. You guys ready? You listen to episode 159 of the usual. You listen to this. Throw all your opinions in the discord and our last show before we get on the boat next week. We'll be talking about uh, bringing this all together and see what we come up with. How do you feel about yes, that? Yes, because there is a point to this episode. There's a point. There's always a point. It, I, look, so most of you already know, I kind of generate the episodes and content behind it. I had a request, um, so I'm trying to tie that request in for episodes, but this is step one. So Indeed. this may be a two-parter. Oh, it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. <laughs> well, welcome to the cliffhanger. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter and Nick is at Bright Inks. You can find this show on iTunes and your favorite podcatchers. So like and share this show with your writing community. If you'd like to share or discuss anything we talked on the show or whatever you have going on, you can post in our Discord channel facebook page or send it to me i am marshall at marshallcar.com or nick at nicholas bright at brightings.org you can find our writing and the show notes for each episode on our websites marshallcar.com and brightings.org lastly if you want to support the show the best way to do that is patreon.com slash just keep writing and you can find us there and give us a couple bucks an episode and help us do what we do and we can help you now just keep writing 